0: All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. So, you may have heard the news. Starting September 1, we're joining Barstool Sports. That's right. You're two hosts with the most. You can still find us everywhere as the Rap Drugs Pod. But starting the end of 2020, we have a multi-year deal to be exclusively named Caller Daddy. You heard it right, folks. Suitman is hooking us up. Starting 2021 will be Dave Portnice, Barstool Sports' Caller Daddy 2. We pass the auditions, Todd.
1: What uh what are you talking about? I I never never heard about any of this. The? We're we're gonna get paid Well, I'm gonna get paid. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get paid too, Jay. Come on.
0: Uh no. It's not how it goes anymore, Todd. If you don't know it, you got to get exclusive deals, even if that means stabbing your co-host in the back and losing your show. (laughs) Don't worry. If you don't know, me and Todd are brothers. So none of that shit's going to happen here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All All right. right.
0: But yeah, let's get into the history of uh, psychedelic substances. Yeah. Yeah. And by no means a comprehensive history, but just some interesting notes we we read up on and thought uh the crowd might wanna
1: hear. Yeah, some general facts. Well yeah.
0: But yeah, talk so, a lot of the the a lot of the d- deep diving, <laughs> so
1: I'll let you begin. You want me to start off I guess with uh well uh we'll just talk about how kinda in the ancient world people People use drugs uh, in a wide variety of ways. I mean, recreational use was probably happening, but not written or recorded, talked about a lot. But uh, a lot of religious use is widely known across the world with all kinds of different drugs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh,
0: Amanita muscaria, very common. What's that one? A- Amanita muscaria, the the red and white mushroom, you know, so, that goes under uh, fir trees or
1: oh, okay, needle yeah, I trees. Yeah, I didn't know Re- the name.
0: Yeah, yeah, reindeer like to eat it. It's like a Christmas based one, Santa Claus based one, kind of shiny <laughs> like a gift. But okay. yeah, Paul Stamets and Joe Rogan like to talk about it. So that's that's the only reason I know about it. And yeah, a lot oh, of this yeah, stuff yeah. is a, is like like purely speculation like we're saying like when we go history it's this stuff is just like told from someone to another if it's not written down somewhere
1: yeah we're we're by no means historians we're yeah. just trying to report information we've read yeah exactly so we'll <laughs> share we'll
0: share the, the some articles with you too there but
1: yeah we'll have sources down below for all the stuff we're going to talk about here yeah uh but,
0: yeah, other than, like, starting in, like, 400,000s of BCs with whatever people could find wherever they were at, like, uh, look, I thought some of the interesting stuff you came across was, like, the, the opium for, I guess, the early history where there was some big money behind it or potentially government things. True, true. Or what's close to government, kings doing commissions with their boats to go...
1: Yeah, spread it around and gather it up, and what have you. (laughs) Yeah, well, the opium trade goes back to uh, the Mughal Empire, like the 1500s or something like that. opium's uh, yeah, the trade native to part that we know. Yeah, the trade part that we know of, and the uh, Mughal had a a rich recreational opium use culture that's highly recorded of. they, they're they based out of northern India, which is where a lot of opium comes from and where the main trade originates. Still to this then, day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To this day, India is the number one source of uh, legal, legal opium. Uh, the number one source of illegal opium is uh, Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, which,
0: was uh, Afghanistan part of India before or was that just Pakistan? Or is that India? Just
1: Pakistan. Okay
0: just Pakistan. So like just just past what used to be India. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, cuz opium's grown all across that region like even Iran also. The opium or the recent Afghanistan opium trade blew up because Iran made it illegal recently. True. But So so anyways. like
0: opium is to like the Himalayan mountains what cannabis is to the Rocky Mountains like. Just like Pretty there's much. the best opium in the world spread out from there there's still fucking insane amounts of it but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. where you go for the top like quality products yeah
1: yeah like much. your colorados
0: and bcs are your yeah. afghanistan's and northern indias yeah. always yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. and uh so this was uh this was happening a lot during like or the opium was blowing up a lot during the uh, exploration age when the europeans were going across the world and looking at all these different places and uh writing
0: everything down at this point they were finally putting ink to paper
1: yeah yeah on those boats (laughs) (laughs) and uh and so a lot of the colonizers in india like uh uh portugal and dutch and the british at first and then also the french and the americans even got in on the opium trade later uh they they would all uh get their opium I believe mostly from India Uh, and throughout the 1800s, the British would slowly monopolize the entire thing uh, through the uh, East Indian Company, uh, which was a British chartered company that had its own military force and uh, dealt with most of the trade between China and uh, Britain. So, so
0: just, for one second there military yeah, yeah, force for sure. being tied in with the drugs yeah already and that already is that military force like the british government or is that like a just a king well, the monarch still
1: well see, or a the, different the british government had their own naval naval thing but like true. the east, east indian company was like a company that also had its separate military to itself true so
0: kind of like a i guess of what a, what would be a pre cia kind of operative or what, Sorry, what we might a not even know about like the, like a jeffrey epstein kind of operative maybe he could I mean, be tied definitely. to other intelligence <laughs> but, but like <laughs> well, you know so who knows if it's a, if it's really tied to something or if it's of nothing
1: i mean and just like, a
0: man with lots of money for military weapons cuz back yeah. in the day what would that be muskets and boats and <laughs>
1: pretty much forces yeah. like
0: yeah, exactly. It's Most not like you're buying and tanks in... Yeah.
1: yeah, you're not buying tanks in Nigeria or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and you also get into, like, uh, later, you know, eventually they do have to go underground. They're doing a lot of illegal things. Like, I, we're, we're just going to talk about, like, the, the things they do pertaining to opium, but I'm pretty sure the East Indian Company is really known for a lot of illegal, like, pushing around small business kind of things with their military might, you know, kind of thing. But nice. Nice. But yeah, once, once they started flooding uh, China full of opium, I don't know if you, you know more about the economics of this, but from what I read, uh, China had really no need for uh, bringing in imports from other countries, but was really big into exports. So the East Indian Company was bringing all these, goods back from china and just bringing boatloads of silver to china and the only thing that they could sell there was opium so they were trying to push opium in china all the european countries but mostly britain and uh the opium crisis started happening and china eventually had to illegalize first they all they only made it illegal to ship it into the country and that law didn't really do anything. So you all could still
0: have it and like smoke it and like swap pounds in China with a police officer.
1: Yeah. At first, in yeah. the, I think it's like the early 1800s, something like that. That's when they, or maybe 1700s, where they started yeah. having these problems. And then once, you, once they made it legal, though, they had to set up a whole system to get these drugs into the country because the Chinese government was in the north. So, the yeah. whole southern region of the country became this, like, drug area. And this is where you see, like, the first drug dealers, illegal drug dealers. These guys are literally pushing opium on the streets in southern, Fran- or southern China. And they're getting supplied. by Drugs for sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Instead of, I mean, like, a wet market, it's a drug market. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah and they were just setting up these opium dens. <laughs> yeah. just like your weed, Amsterdam cafes trip like yeah yeah Amsterdam pretty cafes.
0: much yeah. nice so crazy but yeah they after that they they like it goes from kind of a plant based uh i don't know if you want to call it medicine more like a drug yeah uh, a plant based uh, sedative to yeah they
1: they make it more a potent synthetic <laughs> to a synthetic yeah yeah, yeah. But, so that's sorry go ahead I,
0: I was gonna say, but yeah, even then it, it kind of gets worldwide out, like after things pick up in China, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, opium spread like everywhere. Like, uh, it it uh it wasn't really popular in Europe uh, during the Middle Ages, but once the Renaissance started picking up, opium started becoming more popular. The pushback didn't really come until was only in China until later in the 1800s like 1850 when people started really realizing opium was a problem and that was when morphine was out like you're saying yeah and they created they morphine started, just like
0: every and single started having other problems just like every single opium-based <clears throat> drug it's like oh yeah we opium's a problem we have morphine opium's now yeah. illegal oh morphine's a problem don't worry we have heroin oh, yeah no, heroin's a problem heroin. it's illegal and,
1: they literally said with heroin they were like it's uh it's twice as strong but half as addictive. And, and then- that's that's been everything <laughs> since like so
0: I don't yeah, know why morphine never got never it. got illegal but then Oxycontin came out and it was like oh it's yeah. it's non-addictive but stronger than heroin and morphine and then it was super addictive so And then
1: also instead, methadone uh, I don't know the story bully with methadone but during like the 1950s it was considered the same thing it was the next step from heroin and then a lot of people were like this is even more addictive oh wow i wonder if i've never heard of people
0: using it for pain management though
1: like those other things that was that was the original but, intention of its invention, but I don't know if it was successful. It doesn't even it doesn't even manage the pain. It's just the addictive part. <laughs> yeah. They got they're like, We got rid of we got rid of the addictive
0: part. It's like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. We actually got rid of the pain management part.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. funny.
0: That's funny. But uh yeah, then after that, um like I don't know if Oxycon and Fentanyl came out at the same time in different places, but then there's fentanyl and as they make that yeah. illegal, like just the car fentanyls come out and then if they make that illegal we'll just add a different compound and, or that compound i and mean mostly it's, being exported from china to elsewhere as as nowadays but what was going like, on sorry what do you say <laughs> i i yeah i was just saying that kind of has exponentially gone up recently where in china they're creating com- extra compounds on these fentanyls where it's now legal to make it there even if it's illegal somewhere else so they can make it export it or yeah make the raw
1: materials and export it to other places which is much more common that's that's a crazy thing that we should do a whole new segment on because that's that's a whole what china's doing over there these days with they're making whole new compounds and trying to stretch the rules as far as they can yeah well, but, uh, work with work
0: within the rules because they ha- they make yeah, their exactly. own rules. They make their own rules. They subsidize these companies. But, yeah, I, I shouldn't get into it exactly like you're saying. I should let you get back into the the opium to morphine 1900s uh, unless you want to, like, go go back to, like, Greek culture well, I and think, that kind of thing. What no, do you no,
1: think? I, I was thinking we should talk about uh, what the Spaniards were doing with coca leaves because that kind of ties in with – yeah, yeah. Before, we get into the, before
0: we get into the, the psychedelic drugs, exactly. Let's keep talking about the plant medicine.
1: Yeah, because this is all, what was going on these days is what led up to what made drugs illegal in the first place.
0: Yeah, and I, can't, I just can't believe how many uh, compounds were plant-based, like, at least to start. Oh, yeah. Like,
1: well, yeah, that, that was the to... whole focus. Because, yeah. like, that's all we had to base it on was these plants. Well, let's just make these plants stronger yeah right <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. so uh the spaniards i don't know if you the what they were doing like most people know that south america is full of uh coca leaves mm-hmm. and the spaniards colonized south america and uh when they went there um uh one of the things they did was is they started persecuting a lot of people for their uh, hallucinogenic use um, because it was seen as like a heretical thing. Like usually you were a pagan or something, you know, you were just a local native religion and they wanted you to be Catholic. So they didn't want you doing these drugs because they associated them with your religion. But one thing they didn't make illegal was coca leaves because they noted that coca leaves, uh, the people who took them were easier to control, they said, and worked harder, And they were trying to get all these people to mine these silver and gold mines.
0: interesting.
1: <clears throat> right. So the only reason though, coca leaves never became exported as much as opium is due to uh, the fact that coca leaves deteriorate to the point where they don't have as much effectiveness, or at least I don 't know if transportation's gotten better, probably. Uh, yeah Yeah. but back in those days they weren't able to ship uh enough back i guess i don't know the entire details but from the article i read and the source i'll post uh they were able to just ship a a large enough amount back i guess they just cultivated a huge pile of it loaded this ship up and sometime in like the 1850s a german scientist was able to isolate cocaine and uh (laughs) Eventually, after they had come out with morphine and heroin, they decided they uh, uh, liquid cocaine was going to be the new thing because uh, morphine, heroin, and opiates are used for painkillers, but they were trying to look for also uh, anesthesiac. So at the time, they were using chloroform for a long time, uh, which causes all kinds of heart issues. So... Uh, a lot of people were being put under, an, ana- an anesthesiac is for surgery, if you didn't know that. Uh, and so a lot of people were being put under and were dying from these heart problems. <clears throat> and they were they found that the numbness effect from cocaine may be able to replace uh, chloroform as a an, uh, surgery anesthesia. And they also thought, you know, we could give people cocaine and they'll be able to replace their heroin and their... <laughs> morphine addictions, Perfect. and uh, they also thought it'd be great for uh, breastfeeding mothers <laughs> uh, because it would help with the numbness on their nipples because they get sore, I guess. It like they, they just were having more all kinds of crazy. Yeah, yeah. It'll <laughs> help them smoke
0: of... more cigarettes with their whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, uh, it'll it'll
0: make their soreness numb. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah,
1: well, one funny thing I read, I guess, uh, in the original Sherlock Holmes stories. Sherlock Holmes used to uh, take liquid cocaine injections <laughs> in his spare time to deal with the boredom between cases. Nice, <laughs> nice. So uh, just at to... that time, just like morphine and heroin and cocaine, they were all liquid injections that you could get, or maybe they were also commonly found in cough syrups. So yeah. people were getting them all kinds of weird and crazy ways. Yeah.
0: Sigmund Freud was a frequenter of the, the cocaine for his headaches, supposedly. That was his a medicine yeah. of the time
1: <laughs> yeah i was reading he was super into it i guess and i yeah. i believe it was Freud. he was like uh trying to give it all his friends and he was convinced that there was no od level that you couldn't wow. od on cocaine and wow. he ended up killing one of his friends partied too hard too much partied yeah.
0: way too hard eh? <laughs> that's good so,
1: i don't actually know how the transition happened i tried really hard but i couldn't figure it out so if someone else you know, knows and could send us some information. That'd be super interesting, but... Uh, yeah, email or e- call or comment below. Yeah. Uh, it seems in 1905, people started snorting it. I don't know why. I don't know if for some reason it just was easier then. But 1905, people started snorting it on a regular basis. And then it was 1910 when all these cases started showing up with people having nasal issues from snorting all this cocaine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's the cocaine and the opiate story uh, a little bit. We could dive into it different times. Uh, the different like legal parts of how they looked at it at the time and how they ended up making it illegal. Because uh, after cocaine was eventually found to also be dangerous, that's when the, all of these things were looked at as needed to be banned worldwide by yeah. the United States and yeah. Britain. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: It was it was the the British Empire <clears throat> countries. That, that kind of did it. But like you're saying, in China and in places individually, laws popped up. So, yeah, it it gets pretty technical pretty quickly once that stuff starts getting recorded in the 1900s. Yeah, or even in the 1800s, even.
1: Yeah, it 1800s with the opium wars and everything
0: is is nuts.
1: I don't know if we really got into that. Maybe the opium wars. I think I skipped over that easily. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but that's a that's a lot. I think I think yeah. uh, maybe that's a whole. Yeah, maybe we should save that co- to go in with more of the, yeah. the China and Middle East stuff and more geography specific and uh, drug specific histories. True.
1: Yeah. We'll just explain. I'll just mention. You know that that the Opium Wars were like uh, there were just the wars for Britain to enforce selling opium in China. And we'll get into the yeah. details of how that happened and what ended up taking place afterwards. Yeah, pretty nuts um, stuff, though. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
0: yeah, it, it's so involved. <laughs> also, with every all the different players.
1: Yeah, and it's so interesting back then because China is really the first country to put in these drug laws, these anti-drug laws. And then uh, the Western countries are all, let's force them to buy these products that they don't want, or that they do want, but the government doesn't want us to sell them because yeah. we need them economically for our goods, right? Exactly. That's their reasoning. And then exactly. the shift in the 1900s is all this, or in the 1800s is all of a sudden uh let's uh we're having problems in our country now we're having opium problems and morphine problems and heroin problems in our country so let's force everybody in the entire world to conform to our idea now exactly i
0: don't think people realize (laughs) like how good how good we have we really have it like water water is not a thing that used to be drinkable like 200 (laughs) years ago like two like you, your great 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 grandparents probably couldn't drink water like they probably had to drink beer like in sure. order to survive like there was you either drank like that's why cow's milk is a drink even because <laughs> it was something that you could get and drink that was pure like <laughs> com- <laughs> like otherwise like I don't I don't know what worked with the water but it always had some terrible bacterium in it and yeah, they didn't even know to boil it, <laughs> like. Is that right? I like, I, know that. I'm pretty certain, or like you, you wouldn't have access to fire. Some a lot of places, so yeah, they right. used to have to drink. Basis. They used to have to drink alcohol and wine yeah. and that stuff, and that's why I that saying. stuff's yeah. always been legal and never ever ever yeah. been questioned because well, yeah, that's more then, that's more essential than water
1: to some people.
0: Like, yeah, they, well, you, their they beer used to and wine
1: it. back then was legit, just like almost water. Like it was and, just. Yeah. It yeah. was so much weaker, you know?
0: Exactly. Well, cause that, cause they, they had to drink it as water. So they couldn't, they also couldn't get drunk on it. It's like a rattler. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there was yeah. no alcohol taxes and no health checks. Like it, this was full of your probiotics. It was like yogurt.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like it was it, like, I think for a hundred, like water was hard to get by Warm water, even harder. Like people shared baths for like, for, Days like you'd and you wouldn't bath for a couple months, like
1: yeah, yeah. Up until, like
0: before plumbing was invented, like water wasn't water. I don't even know if water was safe when plumbing was invented. Like, that's a whole nother episode. Well, no,
1: I actually i read about that because I am a plumber, but uh, nice. The uh, the Romans like invented plumbing and they used to yeah. use lead, it was originally mostly just for bathing, they'd set up these bathing pools and yeah. lead is poisonous and wow. all plumbing was done with lead so a lot of people were getting lead poisoning when plumbing was first done <laughs> wow
0: wow that's awesome <laughs> and not really awesome that's terrible and
1: insane it's, it's but yeah
0: that that ex- that's exactly it like
1: yeah that's a good example of why you, Why you can't trust water?
0: Why you can't trust water? How good we have it, and like the fact yeah. that alcohol was essential and
1: wasn't essential. Maybe should have been questioned.
0: Time. Yeah, maybe should have started getting questioned around that
1: point. But well, these, these other drugs you, did you, instead. But you well, want to hear something funny? Now that yeah, you say yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Uh the first the first anti-drug lobbyists in Britain were mostly Quakers. But they were trying to shut down what they called the Anglo-Indian opium trade, and uh, which is what we're explaining. And uh, yeah. when they finally were able to get Britain to set up a conference to try and first implement shutting this down, uh, their findings was that uh, there was no interest in India to make it illegal there. Uh, the, they had religious practices for it. And the Indian government's response, like their local government that was ruled by Britain, they, their response was uh, maybe British people should start considering doing more opium and drinking less. <laughs> That's, that,
0: good response.
1: Good response. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had no opium crisis in India where it was from. And they had a lot of experience with it and knew how to use it safely, I guess. But, <laughs> but Britain was probably starting to have large alcoholism problems due to the fact that distillation was getting so good yeah
0: exactly like you said things getting stronger and yeah so you had your hard liquors and things that like that's really the real problem where they started yeah
1: oh yeah was that we we made things way stronger than they were ever supposed to or ever could have been on their own yeah, yeah.
0: and that seems to be where a lot of the problems lie in in anything like like we were <laughs> saying too with the, with the opium like it like you, you got down here, uh, Uh, well what I read what you shared with me uh I don't know how to say his friggin name Philippus Aralus (laughs) Paracelsus is that how do you say it
1: uh it sounds right I probably would have said it wrong too yeah he's (laughs) like a physician (laughs) yeah
0: hopefully uh yeah if I got it right it was by chance but physician and botanist (laughs) from the 1500s in Austria he created the first like opium-based medicine that's or one of one of the ones that was written down and branded as laudanum like so oh yeah. pretty big yeah. guy and he uh also mixed it with alcohol too or that laudanum led into like people mixing it often with alcohol yeah.
1: well but, that was uh, like super common like almost everything every drug people used to just mix randomly with just all the different drugs like back in the day yeah, uh, exactly. i was reading and that's what kills
0: you. That's why you don't you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but, super but but like they just did little amounts of it. Like it was yeah, yeah. reasonable.
1: one uh one guy wrote uh this um medieval or renaissance uh doctor physician. He wrote uh, everything on the earth is poison. Yeah. You gotta just take the right amount to get turned into a remedy. That's exactly <laughs> it. This same this same guy, Paracelsus. Yeah. He said all substances yeah, yeah. are was poisons.
0: It nice. There yeah. is none that is he's not hilarious. a poison. <laughs> the right dose differentiates a poison and a remedy. So yeah, I, I he's might not be right with psychedelics because from what yeah, I've read. Not like, all cases. I think I do think but and some was, people uh, might agree, if you take a higher dose, you might end up more I mean, likely with an issue I'm,
1: I'm totally but it's not sure going to cure
0: it though it's not a remedy at, at a low dose for <laughs> yeah. people that have that issue <laughs> right right but right. it is therapeutical for people that have other issues like ptsd and crap crap yeah. that really sucks <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah <laughs> crap, yeah what, really were, what were you saying did, did you want to get into the old school practices or did you not, have something else not, to say about paracelsus really, i don't think i was
1: leading in anything else True. i think that that was mostly all i had to say his quote i just wanted to get that in there that was a sick quote
0: nice I, yeah I yeah yeah definitely <clears throat> you but you you hit it on the head the idea just slightly off <laughs> on the wording yeah but yeah, <laughs> speaking of the romans and their lead pipes like Although there's lots and lots and lots of petroglyphs that people believe are like mushroom based or like psychedelic based like Egyptian stuff and even more ancient tribe in Australia for the mushrooms and stuff. Um, Yeah, for sure. Roman and Greeks were writing down at this point, like, and like Germanic and different kind of tribes were were getting documentation of regular religious practice with psychedelics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like shrooms were widely... Distributed across Europe and Asia and all across Americas, the shroom seems to be like the most widely distributed drug
0: throughout uh, Mother Nature, with like (laughs) dolphins eating pufferfish and like caribou and reindeer eating the (laughs) Amanita mascara and then like people drinking their piss to get psychedelic in Siberia. Uh, That's yeah. There's lots of yeah. There's (laughs) lots of crazy shit out there, but. But yeah, there and is. the jaguars eating the vines, uh, and they trip out. I forget where that's at. And then the crazy, yeah. the cr- the craziest thing to me is like the the mix of the ayahuasca. Like you've got to take the one thing and mix it with the other thing, and then you've you've got. Uh, yeah. So- I, sorry, I'm saying thing. I'm not trying to like keep this <laughs> censored. Like I just have no friggin' clue what they're called. <laughs> yeah.
1: The drawing house. a blank here.
0: Drawing <laughs> a blank here. <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, the greece people used to write about like the illusion practices and mysteries and their religious cult stuff and some crazy things that went down then like where first seemed to be getting heavily like psychedelics like they were probably always influenced by shamans and stuff but this kind of seemed to be like religious tied with state kind of practice
1: I'm pretty sure the uh the Oracle of Delphi which is like a super super famous uh uh fortune teller for Greece like she even talked to Alexander the Great at one point and gave him some advice I can't remember what it was and the story at all but she used to have her uh oracles she would go to a cave and sit in this cave and she'd come out and she'd spill her um visions that she'd seen in the cave The cave was filled with some sort of gas. can't recall the kind of gas, but she was pretty much just going in there and just getting super fucked up. It might have been like methane or something. True. Just getting super high.
0: I thought maybe it was like, uh, like, you know, an isolation tank. Like, she's just, it's just deep in the cave,
1: hopping into a puddle. No, no, there was like a gas leak in there. Like, they went in there and tested the cave. (laughs) Yeah, she was just getting super high. Yeah, so like, in all kinds of ways, like, they've been... Uh, influenced by drugs and yeah it's it's tied into the state like the oracle Delphi was an extremely powerful thing like That's and so uh great. and the the uh, the old uh, uh i don't know what what they were making in back in the day what were they like psilocybin wines that they were making yeah well it was <laughs> people don't
0: know uh, at all yeah <laughs> but it's per- like assumed it's either some sort of fungi based. So suicide based or some sort of ergot grain rot based should
1: be Uh, like LSD.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So somewhere in that, but if it was ergot, uh, it would, it would have to be on a smaller scale than like that whole bread issue back in France. (laughs) when everyone was like <laughs> thinking that there was witches cause like they knew what yeah. they were doing. And then all of a sudden people thought witches existed, like kind of doesn't, there's a gap there. If it was God Right. In a certain way, in a certain yeah. way or another, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that it couldn't be the exact same thing. I'm just saying like the information we, we did know. not connect. <laughs> yeah. But it, and we do know that people have done mushrooms forever. Mm-hmm yeah <laughs> so so yeah whatever they did was an hallucinogen type of psychedelic um yeah eufo- or euphoric based which is who knows but apparently that was commonly done uh not just in their i forget what the rituals called where they do it like once a year or once a harvest or lifetime or I don't know. You don't have it up decade. there? Decade. Yeah. No, I do have it here. It just doesn't have a name for it. But uh, but yeah, they've got goddesses named after her. Like Persephone, oh, yeah. the goddess whose mother's Demeter is associated with a grain. And th- that Demeter um, is connected to the underworld and a symbolic rebirth experience of the illusion mystery. So that rebirth experience just makes me think like, yes, I think they... Somehow, new grain created this psychedelic experience that you cannot control, right and the underworld right. connection may be a bad trip- bad trips that are very short, but that rebirth experience, the illusion mysteries, the whole religious piece is like the other seven and a half hours of your trip.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> about the part where you're ordering uh from a random fast food place staring someone in the eyes who's been sober for eight hours and is just trying to get out to party in his parents' basement. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that, that it was a known thing. And then they were. it was so important to the religious state government type thing that uh, w- so when someone stole a drink of it and shared it with his friends in his apartments, uh, they came down and cracked in on him
1: oh yeah yeah it was yeah yeah he was just chilling in his apartment yeah so yeah that, so, so like
0: they were policing drugs then for their own use like not even yeah like maybe the same reason they do it today like hey there's only so much to go
1: around man yeah true or like to get the prices up, hoarding it to get the, the prices, prices up because yeah. yeah forever they seem to have always have reasons to just suppress this for their personal use for whatever they want to do yeah and not spread it around spread the love Spread yeah. the drugs yeah
0: well yeah if you can show me like a meta data that says x drugs are bad like i i'll agree with it just get get me the research yeah <laughs> like yeah. That's, all,
1: <laughs> that's
0: all i need is some research
1: uh yeah most of that research points to alcohol being the worst yeah,
0: exactly. The complete opposite <laughs> of what they want. The, the alcohol yeah. and cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, other than uh Greek culture, like there's there's also some recordings of like ps- psilocybin's being shipped around. Yeah. Like
1: on ship manifestos as part of the bill of lading. Yeah, between uh Crimea and Venice. There's also old stories I've heard about. I'm pretty sure they're real stories. Uh, The old berserker stories of uh, the Nordic cultures of Scandinavia. They were these guys. They would eat mushrooms and they would just like go into a rage. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking just beat the crap out of people. And because they were just tripping so hard. I don't know if they were taking a special kind that made you aggravated or something. But they were they called them berserkers. They just fucking were animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: And yeah people don't know about uh like aboriginals of different cultures like All native across. americans yeah. or it, even in australia too where they think there may have been practice of psilocybin and of cannabis use and even yeah. like ancient greek they cannabis is what they coined as a term and they used to do big hot boxes
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh, sauna sauna sessions at like they they i think joe rogan would get along well in the greek culture you think so (laughs) oh yeah with the whole like hallucinogenic regular occurrence and the cannabis sonif sessions like oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but yeah i think i don't know i think a lot of people would it's like simplistic where uh if you like democracy representation it's good yeah. but at the same time you're it's like,
1: like
0: yeah exactly it's got the same uh like you can only own, own
1: land yeah if you're if, it's us,
0: if you're one of us two only yeah. like
1: rich yeah exactly <laughs> exactly it's it's yeah like the high society culture i mean a lot of people wouldn't enjoy those cultures oh yeah They're just but it's just like
0: new york city and los angeles like you're either enjoying the very top or you're like there's some people that get to enjoy being around it. And then there's yeah. a lot of people that are like working to serve those other people. Yeah, man, unfortunately. And it's okay to agree with that if, cause it's human nature by the, by what it seems to be. Yeah. It's also okay to disagree with it. Cause I don't know. A lot of nature is different. <laughs> <laughs> like nature nature non-human nature yeah like sometimes like nature is scary oh yeah <laughs> exactly exactly humans aren't the only scary creatures But yeah if if we could produce honey and pollinate flowers like bees though like i think there'd be a need to have a different type of culture <laughs> yeah like life is so easy as a human <laughs> Yeah. You take all of these risks and sacrifices, and people are scared of psychedelic drugs, but they're not scared to drive their car.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: One of the it's number crazy. one killers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cr- it's crazy. It's crazy. It is. It's just unbelievable, but it's, it isn't at the same time. <laughs> it's yeah. what we accept as norms like the alcohol.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Yeah, and the religious practices too, and the religious people controlling the wine and the, the tidings and what have you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, like uh, we we spoke about everywhere it seems like other than the U.S.
1: the U.S. and eh? uh,
0: not too much about Germany either, which is where I think a lot of the a lot of the, the scientists who invented kind of these scientists, drugs.
1: Yeah, the yeah. research
0: started there, like the psychedelic yeah. substance-based research. It seemed, well, yeah. That was even commonly in, recorded. Er, recorded er, research, er, yeah.
1: yeah. even early, like the 1800s, they were all German scientists. It seemed like they were coming up with all these drugs. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Uh, but yeah, putting mescaline in and peyote in people too. and <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what you see it. later in World War II. World War yeah. II, they started, yeah, yeah, trying to load up people with mescaline. So I guess you want to just get into the, the uh, what, what we call the early MK ultra trials. Yeah. So before,
0: before, before you do, I just, I just want to say like, no disrespect to any aboriginals that like take the peyote or any other psychedelic substances and know that it's good because of what word has been passed down or word has been written down. Like we know that someone's done the research before it yeah. had to be done and yeah and these guys took a different approach on it a capitalist a capitalist kind of approach so that's why uh i just wanted to precursor it with that because we live in a capitalist society so we're just looking okay. at it from that lens <laughs> uh, we don't have the same perspective as
1: the aboriginals unfortunately we can't yeah for sure we can't little, look like, at it spiritual... that way
0: as much as we spiritual want to
1: connection and the, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Like I'm not a yeah. shaman.
1: I'm, I mean, hopefully one day, if yeah, we make we, it big on the podcast world, we'll definitely be using that money to go do some trips, meet some people.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> gain help gain their, their perspective or lend some more. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> we'll never actually know what it's like to be in oh, their easily. shoes, <laughs> but well, maybe we, they can shed light on it. Yeah. True, yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> looking at it from what we know
1: and the science, and yeah, money. this is what we're going to talk about what happened. Yeah, the government involved how they uh secretly held these things dealt with these things. So, yeah, yeah, what starts going on in the 1900s, early 1900s, is the United States. I believe it's President Woodrow Wilson, maybe, or something. I don't know. He, whoever it is at the time, he decides he's going to side with China, who's been trying to fight for a while to make opium illegal and stuff. And then there's the anti-drug people in Britain who are trying to make it illegal in Britain. And finally, the United States jumps on board. And uh, Yeah, around 1895. 1895, was, that's when they start doing it? That's when... Uh... The Royal Commission
0: on Opium is published, so that's when okay. they kind of like uh start to investigate it yeah. prohibition like like you were saying that was when the British were speaking against it, and yeah. then they kind of like completely switched the flip fifteen years later when the United States said, "Let's do this, and then nineteen eleven the first opium conference is held okay so that's right it's it's kind of crazy how. How it suddenly
1: flipped, how suddenly yeah. it happened. And yeah, it the is. UK
0: the UK Pharmacy Act in 1906 amended opium and uh, all its preparations into Schedule 1. So, yeah. so 10 years earlier, they're saying like, uh, you can do opium, don't drink. And then like, <laughs> what? so that's what, that's kind of what happened in that, that time.
1: That time period. And then... So at this Bayer time, Bayer started though, the
0: production of heroin. Also,
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> can't forget that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, and I, I, want to point out uh, at this time. I don't know. I can't recall exactly the how cannabis became illegal.
0: That was that was time, much later. That was like nineteen yeah 61. Well, uh, different see, times in different places.
1: See, this is the what I'm trying to because hemp out. became so illegal world, world in some why, areas. They weren't trying to make it cannabis illegal. What they were trying to do was focus just on worldwide. They wanted amphetamines that just came out, which is like meth and Adderall and things like that. Those are amphetamines. And I think MDMA is too.
0: Yeah. From the eighteen from 1860, like you said, like after they made cocaine, they started researching it. And then like uh, the next thing that was created was amphetamines. I I forget where that was. And then. So Germany was always working towards that kind of thing and research based medical research. Yeah. Exactly. Research based substances.
1: Yeah. And so they, they were just focusing on making these things illegal, cocaine, opiates, amphetamines. And, uh, cause they, Germany
0: made cocaine and a- amphetamine. They weren't, exactly. they the other places were making it illegal because Germany was such a
1: superpower. You think so? I wonder if I don't that's know. the case. That could've been. That could've been. I mean, maybe we should look into that more. If anyone else knows, yeah. it's another thing. You know, we'd love to hear about. Yeah, uh, we'd
0: love to know more because it's it's kind of strange. Germany in, created cocaine in the eighteen sixties, or no, before eighteen sixty in the eighteen fifties. Germany created. I mean, yeah, uh, maybe they were amphetamine at, at the end of the eighteen eighteen eighties. So I mean, that might explain that sudden shift. Yeah, and then around the nineteen uh, around the 1900s, um, they also create a Dethylmalanone, which gets sold as Varanol, ver- a popular poison. Mm-hmm. And what people use for speedballs. <laughs> <start laughs> oh, speed right? Well, <laughs> somebody died from cocaine use in um, Britain, a yeah. celebrity lady um, or much ado <laughs> lady. Uh, much ado (laughs) they the government was saying she od'd on cocaine but it was like an autopsy showed varinol poisoning poisoning okay so either it was speedballing like doing both together so you can do more or they lied or yeah or there wasn't cocaine overdose involved or maybe even large amounts of cocaine like maybe it was just too much varinol and a little bit of cocaine or no cocaine yeah <laughs> and they lied to push an agenda against the germany yeah german government because yeah it, at that point like uh I, I don't know what may like the greco-roman empire kind of became the english empire or blended right um, in one way or another Whereas where is the german axis kind of was russian the... thing was different different yeah germanic uh and and yeah that like the re- the rest of the world, so, there's so much more differences, and even between those things, there's a bunch of differences. I'm being very <laughs> facetious, but <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it it did seem like Cold War then was Britain Britain Germany, like you oh, guys definitely. you guys 100%. created cocaine amphetamine, we're making it illegal. Yeah, but yeah, so, sorry to get back into like the nineteen tens, opiums getting cracked down.
1: They're yeah, starting to create yeah, so, these
0: different uh, like you said, international organizations.
1: Yeah, the United and then States And around
0: is the end pushing. of the nineteen tens.
1: Yeah, they're pushing everyone, they're having these conferences in Shanghai and in the Netherlands or something. And they eventually yeah. they're successful <laughs> and they they get everyone on board. And there is some controversy in the United States. From what I understand in the United States, the debate was not whether they should make these drugs illegal at the time. It was uh, the debate was the constitution. Um, should yeah, should we force the states to make them illegal? And the United States reasoning that ended up working and convincing everyone was uh, the federal government supersedes the states in this case due to the fact that they are making international treaties with other countries and they have to uphold these treaties. Yeah. So it was pretty much something to was, do with
0: order and international order and for the leading the entire society forward. Yeah. And I feel Type like of sweeping thing. Yeah,
1: it's super similar. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it to the uh, Paris Act. I think it was called the Paris Act back in the day. Uh, they, when Treaty, they finally of signed it. Treaty
0: of Versailles. Treaty of
1: Versailles. Is that it? Or yeah. Yeah. That so World it wasn't
0: paris um oh it was yeah, part of that it was oh. part of it article 295 because it was originally like you sense. said brought up at the hague convention well, and it, that was pre-world war 1913
1: and that seems to be the thing too is like there was so much war pushback <laughs> like there was so much pushback against not doing this like For when they're having these conferences yeah they were like no Every, it was just like Britain, the United States, and only like certain segments of these governments were like, it yeah, was, let's do this. It was
0: anti-Germany, anti-research. or
1: Probably, uh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. No, non-science, then, religious-based, they,
1: government-based societies. And then they only actually get this push through in World War I. Like yeah. Britain puts all these controversial laws in when they put in what they call DORA or something like that. It's super controversial act where they can push laws through without parliament and that's how they they, push these early drug laws it's like
0: original martial law basically yeah yeah. but like you were saying like in 1913 for example new york city they did a study where they gave mescaline to people with schizophrenia yeah no they gave mescaline to people to see if it was like schizophrenia
1: wait were these guys also people
0: with schizophrenia um no, these were two guys. Germany might have been doing studies too already, okay, much before this. Yeah, mescaline. we don't know. I, I no, I think there might have been one written down even somewhere, but I yeah, I don't I don't know off the top of my head. But right it, it, in okay. Texas, there was a mescaline study already being done in journal. Yeah, journaled. there was studies being
1: done a lot of places.
0: Yeah, but this is the first time they're like um, doing a study tied to schizophrenia so okay ship, go ahead. in new in u.s so nar and maloney um, did a study with 23 people hoping to get some insight on the psychotic part of schizophrenia it didn't they recorded all the participants running commentaries and none of them were the same and, pe- and then in later <laughs> studies, in later studies, pe- so they found out it was wrong later because yeah. uh, people with schizophrenia could easily tell the difference between hallucinations they always had <laughs> and right. Right. what the heck was going on with the drug. So, so it's nothing like it. And, but that was like kind of the first mental health, mental health based research study that we came across in what we were looking about
1: true Uh, there was other ones that were that
0: that were more symptom-based ailment-based illness-based
1: yeah like yeah they were like oh is
0: peyote a new amphetamine like yeah like that was the one thing like oh we'll use this to put for on patients (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like what imagine if somebody (laughs) people gave you lsd and then you went into surgery (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so the Dora happens, uh in the US, the Harrison Act happens. Yeah. And then the World War II or no, World War One happens. Nowhere near World War Two yet. And then the Treaty of Versailles happens and now it's you like US Britain made it illegal before the war. They won the war. It's illegal everywhere.
1: Yeah, even though
0: even though Asia and Africa didn't agree to it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah fuck them they have to do it. or too. south
0: america yeah
1: we'll invade your ass yeah exactly exactly we got bigger <laughs> we got
0: bigger mi- militaries boats and muskets basically. bigger guns
1: we just invaded the whole fucking world how about that <laughs> exactly Exactly. <laughs>
0: but, but yeah so that's pretty crazy and then um uh, yeah. in germany it's the use like the pace of trials picks up because they get uh, mescaline syn- synthesized.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, they synthesize mescaline, which is, comes from peyote. And this is when things get messed up. This is what we call it's, the uh, pre-MK tri- MK ultra trials, you know, yeah, the early yeah. testing.
0: So it's, it's created at Spath University of Vienna, but then Merck, the German okay. company Merck, which still exists today, which may or may not be something that's owned by some sort of well-to-do organization or individual yeah whether that organization is a trust fund german
1: family yeah
0: Yeah. trust fund (laughs) family or and or who knows maybe it's maybe it's an intelligence front
1: yeah it could be yeah
0: like i i don't i i question everything at this point after that whole epstein stuff
1: (laughs) oh i know epstein what we're hearing with yeah. MK Ultra. What fucking what's going on in Russia? I mean, yeah. the connections that you hear about between what, crime organizations and the Mossad and fucking yeah. Russian secret intelligence and like it's just crazy stuff that's going on now. It's like now how long has all this stuff been going on? Yeah. I mean, the, the, how much don't they we know use. About?
0: How much they use tech and how far these things are pushed by like innovation is pushed by military is insane.
1: Yeah.
0: Once you peel back the layers on that, it's wild. Yeah. It, you
1: really start to you look at the world in a whole new way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. And to think these, <laughs>
0: these places used to use religion instead of militaries to control people.
1: Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, for <laughs> the longest time. Yeah.
0: So, so, yeah, exactly. That we, that's a callback. We kind of are closing the loop there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True say. So. But- but yeah, the, the pace of trials pick up in Germany with Merck owning synthetic masculine. So is this pre World War II? This is post World War I, definitely a okay. couple decades before World War II.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Dora's going on though, hard in Britain. Right. Let me see here. There was, yeah. there was just so much going on with the morphine and heroin acts and all these different yeah. things, the Rolstein committee. And then this yeah, man. 1928, Britain makes cannabis possession of cannabis illegal.
1: 1928.
0: Yeah. See, that's early. It becomes a part of the dangerous drug act. And then I, I think I want to say that uh, U.S. did it around 1937. Yeah, because they did it around World War II to prevent people from doing hemp anymore, to save <laughs> like cotton industry in certain areas or some shit like that. Right. Some weird, some yeah. weird, some weird lobbyist thing that can, is always controlling the U.S. government.
1: Yeah, Joe Rogan says it was a guy who he owned like a bunch of lumber or florists or something, and
0: he uh, also and owned a newspaper. Mills. Pulp and paper mills. That's true. <laughs> yeah just just as likely but yeah so then around the 1930s um, germany and other places start developing more synthetic like base substances right right so like yeah, there's synthetic it blows
1: off the charts how many exactly. are coming out
0: synthetic DMT uh that's created synthetic uh psilocybin that's created uh lsd lsd's created Mm -hmm. supposedly they um hoffman didn't know until five years later when he had it but i I, yeah i don't want to i don't want to say anything bad about hoffman so yeah because he's dope as shit yeah (laughs) but original og exactly yeah triple og exactly (laughs) don't forget the triple o
1: He's, okay, and he he's, definitely he helps you OG. be helps
0: you be early for 420 with the 419. You don't you never forget a miss a 420 with that date <laughs> in mind.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so that like do- double double for that, and then yeah, triple O G. Like not only did he invent LSD, he's the first guy who took LSD for research. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the people funding his studies were. Probably CIA-based government stuff. Yeah. Because LSD seems to be the prominent drug of choice in MK Ultra.
1: Well, at the very least, what you can say is that the CIA made fucking LSD super popular. They yeah. 100% contributed, at least, due yeah. to the fact they were just giving it to people randomly, mostly hippies, because they didn't like hippies. <laughs> yeah definitely
0: but yeah the, we for sure so i'm just i'm just being an idiot because hoffman was uh in swiss switzerland yeah. <laughs> so a neutral company not on any sides yeah he was uh, probably just a regular chemist guy exactly i definitely, mean a lot
1: of these guys definitely, definitely if you were a chemist even if you were connected you, you didn't know you were just a chemist you just wanted to make chemicals to fix this problem official. Visually. yeah exactly or to get people high and be like oh yeah haha. yeah
0: they just spent all this research money on getting people high <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too so that's that's if funny you're dope shit. like
1: hoffman <laughs> yeah
0: exactly exactly if you're a genius so. but uh and yeah just as we've seen with all these other drugs pharmaceutical companies buy them buy the patents that's and then they become popular And that's what covers the cost of all the research and the reason why Sandoz exists and does research and development and then sells the product for a big profit instead of IPOing and having shareholders and being forced to rip people off and for the U S economy. But luckily Europe's got a different system with like a triple bottom line, a social aspect thing. Uh, But yeah, Sandoz, see they were probably a research and development company lsd may have stayed controlled by them Um, definitely was from 38 to 1943 Uh, and maybe maybe the cia was was just purchasing it from them because they are a neutral place to buy like but yes it seemed to be the the drug of choice in the mk ultra but the mk ultra stuff before that like um, yeah we'll get into that why happened like 10 15 choice. years after world war ii and lsd came to be during like that's the craziest thing to me <laughs> what's that like this is what, what the world think? needed most like oh yeah, the yeah. World's worst war ever in history yeah the biggest what do the we most get? hate the most
1: hate <laughs> ever
0: yeah we get the yeah. best like the complete opposite like it's it's if anything proves like the yin and yang and the karma stuff, it's that kind of thing where at the same time, this terrible hate is being totally demolished. Um, Hoffman in in, like invented
1: LSD five years ago is just
0: realizing it's fucking the love drug.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the world's going to hell. He's busy fucking tripping hard on acid and getting ready to save the world. Yeah. And as much as I, (laughs) as much as I
0: player hate on the CIA, like they
1: are one of the best, at spreading drugs so like pretty cool yeah pretty cool guys like, <laughs> yeah that's that's cool we like yeah. that just just wish you would uh not do it so greedily yeah like <laughs> come on fair <laughs> price
0: fair trade like yeah g- yeah like <laughs> even though that doesn't do too well for coffee let's be honest but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so anyways getting back uh, into the germany and uh like japanese kind of studies like so
1: yeah, I don't know if you want to name the the scientists that Kurt, were behind I, I, I'm those I'm studies. I'm
0: going to blow his name. It could, like Kurt Plotner?
1: <laughs> yeah, Nazi uh, yeah. scientist. I think he, he's
0: a uh, huge hater. This guy we can, like, tear to bits because he's a pile yeah, of shit. Yeah, fuck him. He's a yeah, he's exactly. a
1: douchebag. Exactly. Fuck this Nazi piece of shit. I can't believe we can say that for real right now. That's cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I'm, I, I forget what he did. He, he used do? masculine oh, yeah. as true serum or thought,
0: tried yeah. to use it as true serum. Yeah. So like so
1: MK Ultra. <laughs> this was part of just a wider thing. Like Nazis were crazy and they were just doing all kinds of experiments and just anything they could think of. They would experiment and doing it on people. Yeah. Because Hitler knew how good drugs were at um, Yeah,
0: <laughs> advancing you to a place where you were not a human.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was trying to push that in all kinds of crazy ways. Like he was trying to just give people meth and cocaine, and said it was like the new wonder drug. And I, I, I don't know exactly the whole details, but yeah, I, I know he was he was experimenting all kinds. I don't of agree.
0: Yeah, ways. I think he was <laughs> onto something that it disconnects you from like, uh, your. Your person and
1: be- yeah, yeah. He was focusing on all the things that made you worse. You know, he was like disconnecting you from yourself and making you part of the state. Yeah, that was this whole thing. It's yeah, craziness. Exactly. But uh, anyways, the the masculine part. This this was one study. See, a bunch of the studies became interesting to the Americans after the war when they started reading about them and talking to well, these guys. Well, once
0: they had all the scientists in a concentration camp, yeah, their own concentration camp. Yeah. They probably picked picked and choose like whatever they wanted to do from there. Yeah, and like yeah. put these guys into their own place. And maybe that's why MKUltra didn't crop up till later cuz like you're in an underground bunker for 10 years doing legitimizing it so that you can stay alive. What are you saying? Like maybe a Nazi scientist started MKUltra, continued it underground and then like that's that's why there isn't really too much about it until the 1950s well
1: yeah that's the thing it's very true like that's we don't know what happens at this point cuz all Cause, we do yeah, know there's is
0: document that- there's clear documentation where they're testing people they're testing mescaline on people Who, for at least the, 20 30 years in USA the, and Germany
1: who's the author that wrote that broke that that there's like one author that specifically he wrote a book could you name him? He deserves credit for, for naming the mescaline trials and stuff. Is that Kinzer or Goldblum? Uh,
0: Journalist no, it's Steven just, Kinzer, who spent yeah, several years investigating it. This guy. So the yeah, chemist he, named he, Sidney Gold Goldleb run. He was the one who run early MK Ultra stuff.
1: Yeah, he was the American.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was the American yeah. who kind of took okay. it over from so the him whatever they he, stole from German. Or continued from German scientists, like right. maybe he's maybe he was Kurt Plotner,
1: and his so, American names that. <laughs> I don't know. But I, yeah, I don't know either. From what, what what we do know is that he was doing experiments at that time in uh, not on American soil like in Japan in the Philippines, just wherever American troops were, and he was doing all kinds of just crazy early MK Ultra experiments. So before they decided LSD was the one they were gonna go with, they were just using all the drugs. Mescaline being one of them, and that was uh, first done by the Nazis. They thought it would be good for trying to use m- mind control. What ended up happening, though, is they, they scrapped the whole thing. Because uh, uh, if you don't know this, peo- peyote or mescaline uh, usually makes you really nauseous and you vomit before you go in to start tripping and hallucinating. And they found that people... This is legit. What they said. They found that people uh didn't trust um the person trying to manipulate them after they started throwing up. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it took a couple experiments to figure that out. I mean, maybe they thought they could convince them that they weren't wasn't their fault still afterwards. But that they was probably why they thought like, it. oh,
0: maybe if we if we eat a questionable meal hours before, yeah, yeah, they won't <laughs> they won't question it. Like they, that's the thing about like the recre recreations of these through journalism and storytelling. It's like, I can't believe what they did to people. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) It's, it's, it's it's just like, it's unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you wouldn't even think about doing this to someone who asked to be asked it to be done to them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, crazy. Um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I don't know. It was it was those things are insane and inhumane and completely unsupervised at this point. So yeah, we see early on, first there's the Nazi trials, and then Sydney Godley. He's doing his off American trials uh yeah. under CIA gauze. Uh it's all Really, off the books, no one has any idea what he was doing at this point, I think yeah, there's stuff
0: and, in Japanese and Germany and Philippines
1: yeah, prisons <laughs> he's recruiting this Nazi scientist who has been doing these experiments, and then um all that gets shut down, probably because you know i don't know for whatever reason, he has to go back and he can keep doing these experiments uh but on American soil and uh he only can really do it because the guy who's the head of the c i a at the time, like the sixties maybe or the fifties um he is it the fifties I think it's the fifties at this point maybe uh, I, I
0: yeah well wh- when all this all the documentation around this stuff is all the fifties started is fifties
1: so yeah, by the fifties he's he's back in the for united States labor. yeah and he yeah he's working for the new head of the c i a or whatever. And this guy gives him free reign to pretty much do whatever he wants on American soil. And at this point, they've out—they ruled out mescaline. Um, they do some of the first MDMA trials, or actually CIA trials, on animals. And they never ended up going on to human experiments for whatever reason. We'd have to probably look into those trials some more. But uh,
0: they They, they just didn't on, document them or destroyed yeah, all no, those documents because it I, I'm worked. I'm
1: pretty sure you can... I think you can find them. (laughs) Well,
0: maybe those documents got destroyed because it worked.
1: Oh, maybe. Before you could find them. Yeah, the MDMA (laughs) was too successful. It
0: says, yeah. Well, the thing was, Gottlieb wanted to create a way to seize control of people's minds. And he realized it was a two-part process. This is what Kinzer says. First, you had to blast away the existing mind. Second, you had to find a way to insert new mind into that resulting void. We didn't get too far on number two but we did a lot of work on number one right so i don't know if they did like try as to far do as a combination of drugs but yeah. i know that mdma is the best therapy drug for people opening up as very like, true um, at least from what i've read compared to other drugs you're more in your own self and just being coached with the therapy uh guide type person but yeah the we didn't get too far on number two, finding a way to insert a new mind into as, that resulting void.
1: As far as we know, y'all as, put that in yeah, there.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he did a lot of work on number one. So, so just yeah. like Yoda, you, you had to unlearn so you could learn.
1: But yeah. they couldn't
0: figure out how to get them to learn after they unlearned.
1: <laughs> so maybe
0: that's why they couldn't document it even. Like maybe it was yeah. that bad. Like imagine you erase someone's mind, and, be, now you're now you're a baby now you have amnesia now
1: you can't grip you can't get back together for reality i know the, the shit <laughs> so they made that they, schizophrenics probably the shit they wanted to do was so crazy i i can't even imagine I, we should point out that the records that do exist from like the point on from the 1950s when he's working on american soil are based on really just financial records and yeah. Then they took these financial records and questioned the CIA and through word of mouth, that's all we know about what really yeah. happened. Was was it a Netflix movie or just a
0: movie on Netflix where the guy jumps out the window after he gets like dosed at the cottage and dosed again in New York and like CIA is following him know. around after he tells his family he thinks he was dosed. Like,
1: I'm not sure. But, I've <laughs> never heard, heard about yeah, that. I, yeah, I know that story. Even that, even that
0: one. Stuff, it's but. like the the CIA won't admit it to the family and they might've finally yeah. admitted it to the family. And that's why it all came out. Maybe. But uh, I don't know if they, <laughs> if, if they even have, or if it's all speculation
1: too. Well, apparent, Apparently there's just endless stories of people who some of a lot of people are just making shit up because they want to be a part of it. They're yeah. just like, yeah, I got dosed. I got dosed by the CIA and they took my yeah. memories away. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's speaking of psychedelics,
0: and it's like aliens. Like, yeah. everyone wants to say they had an alien experience. Um, yeah, yeah. So they just yeah. make it up. Some people yeah. have had them. Some people accidentally had DMT or they and didn't realize it and saw aliens. Some people probably did get some sort of alien experience, maybe from an other entity or maybe from a government entity.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, the uh, speaking of uh like all this research that was going on post World War II, uh they made like the United Nations and then made like a kind of legal sweeping entity to I guess control the drug traffic trade. <laughs> but they still didn't make psychedelics other than cannabis illegal till 1971.
1: Cannabis—they
0: yeah. made lo- globally illegal in sixties. Nineteen sixty-one. Yeah, but yeah, PCP was a huge thing that um, was cre- might have been created as early as nineteen twenty-three, but it didn't yeah. come to be marketed um, as an anesthesia again <laughs> until the fifties. <laughs> <50s. laughs> and then yeah, yeah. I,
1: I think it was more of a veterinarian anesthesia though. Well they I, maybe?
0: Yeah, they tried to use it as a surgical anesthesia. Yeah, (laughs) in clinical trials for humans, but then later it began to be used as a veterinarian one for animal tranquilizers. So, something must have happened there. Yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, they had someone all naked and cut up, and that's uh, (laughs) we've got that guy in our head whenever we dip the PCP and smoke the cigarette, and that's why you go out into traffic and you fight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, fight the cars machines because that's who knows they probably the, some guy probably died from ta- getting pcp and them doing surgery on him while he was awake <laughs> and now uh he haunts people that smoke pcp <laughs> but, but yeah forget about the demon talk uh they yeah. it ended up becoming like veterinarian use only in 1967 because of the adverse post-operative psychosis severe anxiety and just dysphoria. Okay. So they discontinued it on humans in 65. But in the beginning, it was widely embraced by the medical community because there wasn't negative effects on hearts and lungs.
1: Yeah. Woo. Go PCP.
0: Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, um, the, like the LSD scene was being heavily controlled by the CIA, the MK ultra pushing it out, maybe through the orange sunshine program and uh, yeah. different means that we'll get into all of that in some later podcasts, but yeah, we actually entered the streets scene in San Francisco in the sixties. Cause people probably mm-hmm. caught onto the narcs and the LSD. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, right it, on. Yeah. So it, it did become a streets drug. In the '60s, people started snorting it, smoking it, swallowing it, uh, tripping out, and at that point, LSD was already a big thing. Psychedelic culture was a big thing, so ketamine kind of came out too around the same uh, or a bit later '50s, and that started getting used. Same thing as a like anesthesia. They didn't think it was suitable for humans as well. So it became an animal anesthesia.
1: Yeah. Another care. Very,
0: yeah. Another very popular, very, very commonly used today. Now that the FDA's approved it for therapy uh, or, yeah. or at least they've in pr- clinical trials. I think they've approved it all, all on board for therapy. It's pretty like, crazy. It's a very commonly used one. Uh, like celebrities like Neil Brennan fr- writer, creator of the Chappelle show with Dave Chappelle uh he he's actually given it five stars Is that it. right uh yeah i i, I almost certain he said it like it works that's it works. awesome uh it's just you have to do it right. Re- very regularly yeah but yeah okay. P- uh lots of veterans with P- ptsd would probably agree with that it it works and uh same kind of thing i don't know if you've heard stories with dmt people don't don't necessarily uh I don't know about PTSD with it, but people say they, they usually meet God or, or meet uh, a higher being or yeah. something inside their self. They get enlightened. So, so in one way or another, you kind of just accept the reality that isn't in the DMT realm. So when you get back, you're, you're more prepared for to face the adversities. Uh, whether or not that, cures your addictions or ptsd like you you can respond better to it and that's the that's the biggest problem with pharmaceuticals today is like you're not responding to anything like you're actually shutting off receptors and feelings and potentially parts of your brain and all these negative side effects are terrible but microdosing studies and like one, even one-time use studies, like end-of-life studies for psilocybin is all like breaking through like insane for yeah. how good it is for mental health. Meanwhile, the, the whole, for like 50 years, <laughs> at <laughs> least maybe 150 years for the German scientists, like they've been studying psychedelics on people's minds.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's just so crazy to me, like, and, and even still, like, who knows? Maybe someone, uh, some baker just dosed everybody with the ergot back in the France story. Because, like, in Italy and in Greece, it seemed they knew, they knew to one degree or another to ergot created a psychedelic fungi. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were able to make some, some yeah. hallucinogenic drink. It is, yeah. it's not how intuitive people were you back then.
0: Yeah, exactly. They didn't need these substances to kind of test everybody or sway everybody's opinions or change people. They just, yeah,
1: they just they knew just how it. to safely take them yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and, or not safely take them. And yeah. Or yeah, if that was
1: the case. I mean, yeah. yeah, there, there are books written even back then about, uh, overcoming addiction and the best ways of dealing with these different substances. Mm -hmm. Like just when opium was like the main problem and not all these other things existed. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy that uh, like
0: the socially acceptable thing, the only socially acceptable thing for addiction therapy is sober. Like, yeah, that's (laughs) hard. Yeah. That's a harsh, unbearable, intolerable reality for some people. Um, yeah. Even if they've done it well for months and months and months, like, I don't I mean, think, I think, I don't think there's the thing, any sober person that says it's easy ever. But I think yeah. there's people that say, uh, I, by being sober and choosing to use sober from the drugs that were, I was addicted to you and using psychedelics in combination. Uh, I have much easier time accepting the fact that i don't have to do those drugs or don't get to
1: right yeah
0: more they're happier with their choice and um less likely to binge when a relapse does happen Mm -hmm. like more down to earth but even even just regular people i think there was some study that came out very recently where like one dose of psilocybin can increase brain function for up to a month after Right. So like brain food, even.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Psilocybin has been shown to increase so much brain, brain activity. That's why it's one of the uh, number one micro dosing choices people are going for. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah.
0: but yeah, I think we've, I think we've kind of killed the, the, killed the government state rich yeah. monarchy controlled history of a uh, drug studies in drug trafficking
1: yeah the beginnings of yeah drug trafficking and that kind of stuff yeah yeah exactly
0: well i definitely would love to start with more recent uh historical research like yeah we're 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 saying the mk ultra and and other cia funded things like cocaine trafficking and yeah those type of this this was supposed to be just a
1: build up and an intro into that that was a their- Yeah,
0: get her feet wet, but really we want to hear from like the listeners, like what does everybody Well, yeah, true. out there want to hear. Maybe
1: no one wants that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like if <laughs> if if you've got suggestions or topics that you're like this is super cool, I want to know what articles and what research is out there on it because I know it exists or maybe none of that exists and it's just a cool uh conspiracy theory and used yeah. to say theories are wrong we got to test them we got to take that hypothesis and see if we can prove it wrong so comment below emails below phone numbers below text or call leave a message for us we'll get back to you and and yeah did you have other shit you wanted to talk about today Todd?
1: no i think that's that that's pretty much everything like- that's covered that's fucking uh that was a lot of stuff you know that was that was pretty much what I wanted to get to you know all these different things that we're gonna read about more it just introduces a lot of different topics and uh you know I want to thank everybody for coming in and listening it's a really great podcast it's a lot of fun
0: oh yeah yeah I had a lot of fun today and like like you said learning about it's a lot of fun like learned about a lot of this
1: yeah. Stuck before in one so fashion or stuff.
0: another but we want to go deep so yeah if Getting you've hard. got better knowledge to share <laughs> we want to hear it uh, <laughs> and yeah if you if you liked what you heard and you stuck around this long which is crazy you better <laughs> freaking subscribe like it, yeah give us a five-star review on whatever podcast directory you listen to us on subscribe there and subscribe on youtube if you want to watch or listen to the show a week early we'll put it up there uh, and then, yeah, let the audio engineers finish it up for the podcast the next week. So, subscribe to the YouTube now. You can get it early. Visit the site, rapdrugs.com. We'll link you up to the merch. We got the links below for the merch, uh, all, social media, all that other stuff in the show notes below and on the website. Uh, what else do we put in the show notes? Oh, yeah, we got some affiliates below if you want to support the show. We're going to try and get a PayPal uh, or whatever. If you're in Canada and you want to interact, e-transfer the email below, donations, like support the show. Yeah, Help us make the show better for you. Send us a request too, like we said.
1: All the money goes
0: back into the pod. Yeah, exactly. And then some. Yeah. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's for sure. You're listening to the Rap Drug, Drugs Pod with Jay and Todd. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. 100%. Tuning in, turning on, and dropping out. Is that what they say? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. (laughs) Too many bong tokes.